Hello, this is Tanishka from Newslaundry.com, bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Wednesday, the 22nd of December. India reported 6,317 new COVID-19 cases and 318 linked deaths in the last 24 hours. This brings the total COVID-19 tally in the country to over 3.47 crore and the death toll to 4.78 lakhs. Out of the total 213 Omicron cases reported in India, Delhi and Maharashtra have reported 57 and 54 cases respectively, as per the Union Health Ministry. 90 out of the 213 patients have been discharged after recovery. Maharashtra School Education Minister Varsha Gaikwad said that if Omicron cases continue to rise, the state might shut down schools again. Meanwhile, the center has told the states in an advisory that Omicron is three times as infectious as the Delta variant and that war rooms are needed to contain it. Citing government sources, ANI tweeted that Prime Minister Narendra Modi will hold a meeting tomorrow to review the COVID-19 situation in the country. Globally, COVID-19 has infected over 274 million people and caused more than 5.3 million deaths. Pharma company AstraZeneca said that it is working with Oxford University to produce a vaccine for the Omicron variant. US President Joe Biden, meanwhile, said that the country was prepared to fight the new variant. Omicron accounted for 73.2% of the new COVID-19 cases in US over the last week ending on Saturday. A day after Congress leader Priyanka Gandhi Vadra accused the Uttar Pradesh government of hacking her children's Instagram accounts, the Ministry of Electronics and Information Technology has taken cognizance of the matter. NDTV reported that the Indian Computer Emergency Response Team, which comes under the Ministry of Electronics and Information Technology, will look into the allegations. The CERTIN runs an advanced lab which can trace hackers and prevent cyber attacks. When asked to comment on pre-election raids on political opponents and allegations of illegal phone surveillance, Gandhi had said yesterday, and I quote, They are even hacking my children's Instagram accounts, let alone phone tapping. Do they not have any other work? Unquote. This came after Samajwadi Party President Akhilesh Yadav accused the government of sending the income tax department to the state to target SP leaders ahead of the election. An investigation into allegations of phone snooping using the Pegasus spyware made by Israeli firm NSO has also been demanded by Gandhi and other opposition leaders. Anand Datta, one of the six accused convicted in the Kathua rape case of 2018, has been granted bail by Punjab and Haryana High Court, Baran Bench reported today. A bench of Justices Tejendra Singh Dhindsa and Vinod S. Bharadwaj suspended the remaining sentence of Datta and ordered that he be released on bail on furnishing personal or surety bonds. In 2018, an eight-year-old girl from the nomadic Bakarwal community was gang-raped by a temple priest and others in Jammu and Kashmir's Kathua area. Datta was a sub-inspector with the police and the station house officer when the incident took place. He was convicted for offences punishable under sections 201, causing disappearance of evidence of offence or giving false information to screen offender, read with sections 34, acts done by several persons in furtherance of common intention, and 120b, criminal conspiracy of the Ranbir Penal Code. He was sentenced to five years imprisonment in June 2019 after the court found him guilty for destruction of evidence. 
Datta moved the High Court seeking suspension of sentence during the pendency of his appeal. Datta's counsel said that he was falsely implicated in the case and that the allegations levelled against him were not corroborated by any material particulars. The counsel appearing for Jammu and Kashmir opposed the plea on the ground that the crime is heinous in nature and that the applicant, being a member of the police force, collaborated with the accused persons to perpetuate injustice. It was also submitted that he is a resident of the vicinity of the victim and that his presence is likely to spark reaction from the family of the victim and the community in general. The parliament was adjourned signed die today, a day ahead of its schedule, bringing the winter session to an end. The decision to conclude the session amid continuous protests by the opposition was taken by both Rajya Sabha chairman Venkanai Naidu and Lok Sabha speaker Om Birla. Naidu adjourned the House indefinitely, soon after laying the listed papers and reports, following the suspension of 12 opposition party members for their unruly conduct in the previous sessions in August, the upper house had witnessed several disruptions during this session. Naidu had said that the Rajya Sabha functioned much below its potential and urged members to introspect and reflect how this session could have been different and better. ANI reported that Rajya Sabha had clocked a productivity of 47.90% during the 18 sittings. Rajya Sabha witnessed continuous protests by the opposition over the hurried manner in which bills were passed, especially the important electoral reforms bill which asked to link the voter ID card to the Aadhaar card as well as demands to remove the junior home minister over Lakhimpur Kheri violence. In Lok Sabha, the session lost 18 hours and 48 minutes to disruption by opposition members on a range of issues such as price rise and Lakhimpur Kheri violence. The lower house, however, witnessed record productivity of 204% on December 2nd, said Lok Sabha Speaker Om Birla. The winter session of Parliament started on November 29th. However, entry for journalists has been restricted since March 2020, citing the pandemic. As cinema halls, restaurants and public spaces began operating at full capacity, curbs on journalists' entry and access to the parliament remained. Journalists have been raising their long-standing demand for restoration of access to parliament. On December 2nd, journalists marched outside the Press Club of India in Delhi to protest against the restrictions. As Umakant Lakhera, president of the Press Club of India, said, if you cut off journalists from parliament, it is going to result in the information supply line being cut. You can read my report on the same on newslaundry.com titled, This is a fight to finish. Journalists take to streets against curbs on parliament entry. Listeners, the reason we are able to report on issues such as these is because we are not dependent on advertisements from the governments or corporations, but on you, the reader. To help us to continue to bring you such stories, head on to newslaundry.com and click on the red subscribe button on the top right corner of the screen and become a subscriber. Lowest subscription starts at Rs 300 only. Union Minister of State for Home, Nityanand Rai, said today that the Central Industrial Security Force is providing security to 64 airports and 11 private establishments, including Reliance Industries, Patanjali, Tata Steel and more, according to a report by Times of India. Replying to a written question in the Rajya Sabha today, the minister said that the deployment is considered on the basis of threat perception and the commitment of the management concerned to bear the cost of the deployment. 
the private sectors where CISF has been deployed includes Electronic City Industries Association and Infosys Technology Limited in Bengaluru, Infosys Technology Limited in Pune, Patanjali Food and Herbal Park in Haridwar, and Reliance Corporate Park Campus in Mumbai. The CISF is currently providing security to 64 airports, including those operated under public-private partnership and joint ventures. Pakistani Prime Minister Imran Khan on Tuesday called America's 20-year-long war on terror in Afghanistan a self-inflicted wound and a decision made for the sake of money and not for public interest. He said that he regretted Pakistan's involvement in the near two decades-long war. Khan claimed that he was close to the decision-makers in 2001 when the military ruler, General Parvez Musharraf, decided to become a part of the war on terror. Khan, while addressing the officers of the Ministry of Foreign Affairs in Islamabad, said, and I quote, I am well aware of what considerations there were behind the decision. Unfortunately, the people of Pakistan were not a consideration. We ourselves are responsible, as we let others use us, sacrifice the reputation of our country for aid, and made a foreign policy that went against the public interest for money. In the past, Khan has often cited that Pakistan, as a result of the 20 years of war, has suffered more than 80,000 deaths and economic losses of over $100 billion. While talking about the latest situation in Afghanistan, Khan said that it was a big atrocity that a man-made crisis was being created when it is known that unfreezing Afghanistan's accounts and liquidity will avert the crisis. That's all the news we have for you today. Have a great day or a good night, depending on where you are listening from. See you tomorrow. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. And subscribe to our YouTube channel.